This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down uh, District 5 and 6 activities week in, week out in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined by our resident East Idaho expert, Sean Kane. What's up, Sean? Well, I mean, obviously, you can tell I've been at practice. I'm very tan. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, not not too much, not too much exciting going on. Uh, I was just um, thinking back, at, you know, in you know, like 2000, the year 2000, and when I played tennis in high school, I was actually tan at this point in the year. But you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I was a master of the farmer's tan back in the day, right? Baseball, <laughs> the baseball tan, as I like to call it. Right. Yeah. I got, I got mine from track. I would do my, you know, shot put discus javelin and then just lounge the rest you, of the day. You didn't have the tank top. Uh, I, I did, but I, I, I burn up so easily that I would wear a shirt. Okay. Under it. Yeah. We're going to need the Brandon Bainey tank top picture for the prep cast one day. <laughs> I'll see if I can dig up an old track picture somewhere. Spoiler alert. I wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, oh, I have in- a- I have one of me playing tennis, so we'll have to bring that. I actually just found it. So for me from high school, <laughs> we can pull that up. Yeah, we can share some photos because we are going to share some photos here in just a second. Um, uh, it is obviously people living in East Idaho know that there was a bunch of snow that just got dumped on. It was weird, though, Sean. But like you and I both live in Pocatello and I at my house, you know, I live up kind of in the Highland area. Uh, I got it had to have been close to 18 inches. Like by the time it was all said and done. Oh yeah. And, but, but I heard from other people that like yesterday when it was really coming down, uh, and they, we're recording this on Wednesday, April 5th. So Tuesday, the fourth, when it just dumped snow in, in Southeast Idaho, like as soon as you got to Fort hall, like no problems. It was, it was like a Pocatello South only thing. It was so weird. Yeah, I have one of my assistant coaches lives out in Marsh Valley, and he said it was the first time it snowed more in Pocatello than out where he lives. So that seemed to be the case. And I felt like it was just up here, too, where I, you know, I live by Highland High School, and it was just a ton, just a ton more snow than out where I work at at Century, where we practiced today. We had a snow day yesterday, and then we practiced tennis today. Yeah. Uh, uh, nowhere else in the world, maybe nowhere else in the world. We'll take <laughs> right? the claim, the flame, fame there. And I, and I really do hate talking about the weather because it's not like co- very compelling. St- like that's like the thing you go to when there's literally nothing else to talk about is the weather. But it is such a big storyline that we we have to keep talking about it. And so, a couple of pictures here. If you're listening to this audio only at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, I'll kind of describe the pictures that I'm going to share. If you're watching the video version of this prep cast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, then you're going to get to see them. But here is the first picture. This is me yesterday, Sean, in my backyard. As I was shoveling, my wife came home and helped uh, shovel as well and and took a picture of me. You can tell I don't look too thrilled about how things are going (laughs) in the picture, but uh, here it is. (laughs) Just a little bit of snow there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that... So it's a picture of me in my backyard. Uh, I'm wearing my Green Bay Packers beanie, which Sean is a Chicago Bears fan loves. Um, but that black thing that's in the middle, that's got all the snow on top of it. And that's got to be, like I said, a foot and a half. I mean, just eyeballing it. Uh, that That's our fire pit. 
I thought it was safe to bring it out for the season, but apparently, <laughs> apparently I was wrong. I was mistaken. <laughs> yeah, and if you can see it, Brandon is not a short guy. You're like six one, right? Six one, oh, six two. So yeah, just, yeah. I'm don't undersell me. I'm six three. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the vertical though, we won't go into it. But um, yeah, uh, yeah there, there's so much snow and just the course of one day. And you have to think about if you're, you know, if you can't see the picture the day before, probably there was nothing there, maybe a little skiff of where the shade was and there was nothing. And then in one, one day, it just dumped, had to be a record yeah, of some it sort. It kind of started Monday night and then snowed all night and into Tuesday and didn't stop until about five o'clock last night. Um, fun times. Uh, I live in the Highland area, obviously Highland high school, uh, baseball coach Christian Colonel at Highland High shared this photo. Uh, oh, that's the wrong one. That's Carrie. That's their track. That's kind of a cool picture too, though. That's that's up at Carrie in the in the uh, Magic Valley in the Sun Valley. They had to dig out a trench so they could walk onto their track to to practice. Uh, here's the picture that Christian Colonel shared on Twitter. <laughs> this is their baseball field. That's that's uh, is that Hallowell Park? It kind of looks like it. Yeah, I, that that'd be my guess. That's not the one at Highland. That's got to be no. Hallowell. Yeah, yeah, it kind of looks like Hallowell Park, which is closer to Pocatello, uh, uh, new lookout field. Um, but look look at how far that bat is into the snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably got some good reps in. <laughs> Actually, yeah. everything was canceled. Like they, um, you know, they sent out a message. No, you know, no afternoon. They didn't want anyone driving yesterday because it was a nightmare. Um, throughout town and in, in the Pocatello area. So yeah, crazy amount of snow. Yeah, uh, it's nuts. And so the tweet that kind of accompanied that picture, um, I thought it was a good discussion. It says April 4th, 2023, four weeks until district tournament, and we still haven't practiced outside at IDHSAA. We know this is an outlier year, but don't you think you could even the playing field a little for Southeast and Northern Idaho teams by starting the season a week later? thoughts and that was from the highland rams baseball account and i gotta i gotta tell you sean this is something that i've i'll make us both evenly sized again oh. sorry about that uh, <laughs> i'm um, just a small part of the show yeah right uh I, this this aggravates me to no end and i've said this on all of our podcasts we do across the state of idaho i've said it multiple times on this show i cannot stand the overlap between the seasons, whether it's fall to winter or winter to spring. I, I talk about it a lot in the fall where the first two weeks, two and a half weeks of girls basketball season are completely obliterated by the football semifinals and championship. It completely takes away from the young ladies that are competing in basketball, because if we're being real, more people are paying attention to football championships than they are start of girls basketball season. That's just how it is. It shouldn't have to be that way. They shouldn't have to compete with the football postseason in terms of, you know, fans attention. And the same thing happens in the spring, right? You start your spring sports practices as teams are at state competing in basketball and wrestling. And it's just, to me, it's not fair. And there's gotta be, there's gotta be a way we can figure this out. I've come from Montana. The seasons are very rigid there. There's no overlap. You don't start practicing basketball until all the fall sports are over. Same with the spring sports. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been a proponent. We've in the, in the track, a couple of trap coaches um, also have been why, you know, why can't we go later? Because 
you know, I, this is my 18th year of coaching high school tennis, and I can probably just remember a handful of times we've actually done anything the first two weeks, um, you know, outside or, you know, very rarely. And yeah, it's something that we've always kind of try to think about, you know, how, how, why couldn't we just go later? Most um, school sessions get done, you know, later, almost June, end of May. And, you know, kids, kids could, you know, they're going to play, you know, even if they're done with school, if they're seniors or whatever. So yeah, it would be, it would be nice not to have that overlap. And then just from my experience too, I've, it used to be really bad. We'd always have, I'd always have some basketball players, um, boys, basketball players still playing. All right. And you know, so they don't even get a practice tennis and then it's another week and then they're, you know, thrown into it. And, you know, some, some schools can do it really well, like grace apparently, (laughs) but, uh, um, you know, it's, 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 it's very difficult, um, for those multi-sport athletes, which, you know, that's what we should be promoting. We really, um, as coaches, as communities and people of fan of sports should, I think really push that multi-sport athletes, but it makes it very hard, um, on some of those players to make those switches and, and then just the weather, you know, the weather, you know, hasn't really changed, you know, spring sports start the third weekend in February. That's always been the date. Um, I, I, I can remember maybe one time that I've been outside, um, in 18 years on that, in that February weekend, very, very rarely. Yeah. And, and like this year, would it have made a difference? Not really. Cause no. we're, we're here in April and it's still, you know, a foot of snow <laughs> outside, but, but to me, it's, it's not just weather related. That's a piece of it, but it's also competing interests and each sport should have their own on like time rated spotlight. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, their time, you know, there's great athletes and all the things and everyone should get their, their you know, performances recognized. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. It just, it, it, it really bothers me during, especially that football girls basketball crossover. It aggravates me to no end. It's totally unfair to the, to the young ladies that are competing in girls hoops. Um, and imagine if you had a, a, a son that played football and a daughter that played basketball. And you're having to choose. And my know. and the thing that comes to my mind too is is the referee issue, right? A lot yeah. of the same refs do football and basketball. Those are a lot of the same guys and um, women. You know, that's how many. You know, there's a shortage when we have that overlap. I, you know, it kind of makes me wonder how many refs are available during. Obviously, playoffs. There's less football games, but still, you know, you're getting the best quality officials and. All that, I mean, that become in my mind, that becomes an issue too. I mean, we've been able to do it, but if you know trends go the way they go, it's it's going to be harder and harder to find referees. Yeah. So, and and it's it's causing problems. You know, in Pocatello specifically, teams are basically having to travel to Boise to the Magic Valley just to play. There hasn't been much home action here in East Idaho for anybody, really. Um, I saw last week. Uh, the Highland baseball team was supposed to play Pocatello last Friday at Hallowell. That obviously got scrapped. The Highland softball team was heading over to the Treasure Valley. This was already on their schedule from the start of the year. And the Highland baseball team basically said like, hey, do you have room on the bus for us? Can we just hop on? And they picked up a couple of games and they went over on Friday and played both the softball and baseball teams. And that's great for them. But not every school has the resources or the ability to pull that off. You know, I just... Got we we sent out an email to all of the spring sports coaches today. Like, hey, we know a lot of crap's been canceled or postponed. Can you just kind of send us, you know, take a look at your schedule on idahosports.com and make sure all the dates look correct? And 
we were getting emails back and, and uh, one of the century baseball coaches emailed this back and said, yeah, Hey, we were supposed to play Wendell here on Thursday. We're going to Wendell instead. However, uh, it all hinges on whether we can get a bus or not. We still got to figure that out. So, I mean, there's just those logistical things that, you know, a lot of people don't think about either. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just, and how districts set it up too is different too for busing. Some districts like the individual sport um, pays for that bus. So they, you know, <laughs> they can't just like willy nilly get a bus if that wasn't originally planned. And so that becomes very difficult too. Um yeah, so luckily we're pretty good about getting buses here, but man, it, the rescheduling is a nightmare. I know the ADs and five and six are going to have a emergency meeting about that to try to work some of that stuff out, you know, because at the end of the day, all the sports need to get those reps in. And, uh, you know, I don't know what that looks like, but um, I'm, I'm going to Idaho Falls to play tomorrow. So <laughs> Travis Hobson, uh, the Thunder Ridge AD, called me up at practice and you know, showed me what was going on up there. And, you know, we both kind of were just like, we're going to do it and we're just going to try it because if we don't, it's probably not going to get rescheduled and they don't know how many matches they're going to get. And it's just, it's a, it's a crazy scenario we're in right now. So the deck is getting stacked and it's not intentional, but the deck is getting stacked to the Boise schools this year with, with that. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, um, I'm just thinking we go to Boise at the end of April for the Capital Invite, which is a gigantic tennis tournament, um, 32 teams across the state. And, you know, how many matches of my players are actually going to play by the time we get there in, in Boise area will have way more. And um, that'll, you know, you know, if you're not playing your best then or haven't played, that can affect rate rankings and seating later. And it it's it's a it's a puzzle you're making in your mind all the time. And unfortunately that one middle piece is lost somewhere in the snow and you can't find it. <laughs> it's a good analogy. And yes, uh, for tennis, especially it's going to cause a lot of headaches when it comes to seating. Um, boy, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations when, when it's time to seed. Uh, cause I know that I know East Idaho is going to fight. Well, to- the, so we've already, um, started drafting letters, um, to the ISSA, um, because one of the stipulations is you have to have 10 matches to be seated. Yeah. Well, that's going to going to ha- more than likely going to have to be thrown out the door because it's just not going to be fair. You're not right. going to get you're not going to get the correct seeds. Um, so hopefully that will be one step we'll take in the right direction to get it seated correctly when when that time comes. But man, <laughs> there's probably a lot of emails going around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And and I. I don't have to say anything that East Idaho fans don't already know preaching to the choir, but we do get fans from other areas that tune in. Sometimes this is what people talk about when they talk about the state of Ada, whether it's true or not. Perception is state Ada and everything works to benefit that area specifically. And certainly, certainly feels like it, you know, (laughs) I mean, I don't think Boise can control the weather, but pretty close <laughs> they right. you know but but the but it it falls in their favor with the better better weather and you know kind of the ability to have the numbers to decide those things when it comes down to voting and things so you know it's it's difficult we you know we've talked about it as sense coaches about starting later but when things come to like a vote like that we, we're never gonna really uh win unless everyone is on board because the way the way the dominoes lie it's just not in the favor for east idaho or northern idaho really you know a few years ago we they changed the amount of matches it was like 16 
And we're like, we've never even played 16 matches, you know, like whether rarely that happens in Boise, like, well, let's up it to 18 because they have all the built in matches, right? You know, you have all these schools in a, you know, 30 mile radius or shorter. Um, So, you know, 18 matches is easy for them. And all the small schools in Northern Idaho were like, this is crazy. We 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 get our conference in. We feel like we did we did a good job for the season, um, but again that those votes don't come, you know. There's not enough votes to really make that happen. And so when it comes to decision decisions like that, you really need everyone on board and um, not just see. You have to see a bigger picture than just a one small area in the middle of the state. Yeah. So uh, I will be very interested to see if they're at least willing to discuss this, and if not. If there's if there's no you know nope we're not doing it we're we're gonna keep things the way they are that perception of state of ADA will only grow larger in my opinion but we'll see <laughs> all right let's talk about actual stuff that's going on now we spent oh my gosh 17 minutes talking about weather but uh let's get into we're we're launching some new features on the website at idahosports.com every Monday we're going to have what's called our heavy hitters it's gonna be the nine best baseball and nine best softball hitting performances single game um from the past week and if there's an athlete you'd like to nominate uh i put my email at the bottom here if you're watching on the video brandon at idahosports.com you can just send it there send in your nominees there but we're going to give you nine baseball hitters nine softball hitters Um, why nine because there's nine hitters in the lineup and so uh, that'll be every monday and then every Tuesday, we're going to have uh, our primetime pitchers. And this will be the best single game pitching performances from the past week, baseball and softball Y5, because a, a major league baseball rotation has five pitchers. And same deal. You can send your nominations to Brandon at IdahoSports.com. So we have our debut lists out there on the website, IdahoSports.com. Let's start with let's start with baseball, since we were talking about, you know, Coach Christian Colonel and the Highland Rams a little bit. They did get to sneak over to the uh, Treasure Valley and play last week. Only one East Idaho hitter made the list because there were just there wasn't a lot of a ton of games last week. Um, but from the Chalice Mackey River Cats, Ruger Nichols. Now last uh, Saturday, uh, Chalice Mackey got to host the Sugar Salem JV team in a doubleheader. It was the Chalice Mackey Varsity against Sugar's JV. They swept it. Two uh, really nice wins, and uh, Ruger Nichols in the first game, uh, a ten to four win for the River Cats, went four for four with two home runs, a double, five RBIs, and four runs scored. That was a really nice win for Chalice Mackey. Yeah, nice job. Um, two home runs. I mean, get out of here. <laughs> I yeah. mean that. I mean that's just. He could have been a little higher up on the list, man. I, you know, I'm just saying East Idaho, you know, but um, yeah, nice, yeah, nice job there. I, I, I should note the list is there's a there's you know number one, number two, number three. That is not a ranking of. Okay, oh, this, this that's was, what I thought it was. No, 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 no. It's it's listed in chronological order. Oh. So since since Ruger Nichols did his thing on Saturday, it was the last one of the week. He's number nine. That's that all. Makes it is. way more sense now. Yes, it's just. It's I'm just, like reading these stats. I'm like, this. Come on, how's he nine? <laughs> yeah. No, chronological order. I'll put that in bold font for, for moving forward, so it really stands out. Um, yeah. So, so Chalice Mackey. Um, you know, when we look at the the two A nuclear conference standings, 
we kind of talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but Firth is still kind of the favorite, right? They got all the way to the 2A state championship game last year, but Chalice Mackey also got to state. And so when you look at the current standings, Firth is uh, six and one uh, overall, one and zero in conference. They did just beat the River Cats in the uh, conference opener for Chalice Mackey, but it was an eight to five game. And so in that game as well, Ruger Nichols hit two more home runs in the eight to five loss. So that's that's going to be a a little kind of rivalry right there, right? Can they yeah. can he hit the home runs? Can they shut him down? I mean, that'll be fun to watch. Yes, uh, the rematch comes weather pending uh thursday april 20th in firth but for the moment the cougars with an eight to five win over chalice Mackey um to get things started there in the nuke um and and since uh the start of the season as well you know north fremont and salmon i would say are a step behind firth and chalice Mackey, and then really disappointing that west jefferson didn't get enough uh, players out, so they yeah. had to kind of scrap their season. So that was kind of a bummer up there in in West Jay, unfortunately. Yeah, that's just too bad. Yeah, it's the way it goes sometimes. Um, so that was our only East Idaho hitter. But when we look at primetime pitchers, did anyone from East Idaho make it? Again, there wasn't a ton of games to go off of. Um, and so, but we did get one East Idaho pitcher in. It's a member of the defending 3A state champion, Marsh Valley Eagles. And and everybody knows Marsh Valley. The ace of their staff is Stanton Howell. Big, tall, left-hander. He's got a really good curveball. His dad, Kent Howell, is is the head coach. But they've got got a staff behind. It's not just Stanton Howell. And and when you get to state, you got to have more than one pitcher to win, right? It's the team that has pitching depth that wins. And so Jason Jones is a great number two. He could be a number one for a lot of teams. Uh, they they beat South Fremont last week, 11 to two. Jones uh, pitched a complete game, all seven innings. Uh, he only gave up two runs. Only one of them was earned and he had 10 strikeouts. So Jason Jones of Marsh Valley making our inaugural primetime pitchers list. And that's, I mean, and that's just what Marsh Valley does, right? They always have, you know, multiple pitchers and, good hitters and Jason Jones. That's just great um, for, for Marsh Valley. And they'll be looking to go right back to state. Yeah. Marsh Valley is five and zero this year. Um, that's all they've been able to play <laughs> uh, compared to other teams that are going to be contending. Uh, Fruitland has played nine games. Kimberly has played seven games. Uh, Kimberly is five and two, but Marsh Valley did beat Kimberly. Um, the, the one East Idaho team that's gotten in a lot of games is sugar. The diggers are eight and O oh and one. And you're thinking, well, how the heck did they get so many games in? Well, they traveled to the treasure Valley for two separate tournaments. They went to Fruitland for the bill Betts tournament a few weeks back. And then they were also there for the big spring break tournament. So Sh- sugar, I think kind of knows the deal, right? They said, Hey, we <laughs> let's go, let's go play as much in the treasure Valley as we can. And that strategy seems to be working uh, well for them. The Diggers, uh, eight and zero oh and one. Their lone blemish was a tie in that spring break tournament. Um, they ended up tying Fruitland. Or excuse me, at the Bill Betts tournament, they ended up tying Fruitland four to four. Well, yeah, and just some top teams there. So <clears throat> good competition for Sugar Salem, and just like I said, it's going to be a matter of getting those games in, and they're they're on on point there. Yeah. So, so when you look at three, a baseball right now, sugar Salem looks really good. 
Marsh Valley still looks really good. I, I still think Snake River is going to be uh, pretty solid by the time it's all said and done as well. And Teton finally got their season underway. Uh, their first game was last Friday, and they played Snake River and, and lost. Uh, and then they got to play Snake River again last night, and they lost in a very close game, three to two. So Teton, uh, despite having just two games under their belts, um, you know, could have potential this year as well. And that's kind of the three A baseball outlook there. Let's let's shift over to softball. We did the same, right? Our our heavy hitters and our primetime pitchers in softball um, for the past week. When we look at the the heavy hitters on the softball side. Any from East Idaho? Uh, no, because <laughs> there just wasn't enough games. But I would I would say keep an eye out for more hitters from East Idaho as we actually are able to play more competition. Um, but on the pitcher side, we had two East Idaho pitchers make it. Um, let's start with uh, let's start at five A. Callianne Scoresby from Thunder Ridge. Um, they did the Highland thing. They went over to Boise last Friday. They played Centennial. They got the shutout win, 7-0. Scoresby uh, tossed a two-hitter, 13 strikeouts in seven innings of work. That's almost two strikeouts per inning. That's almost a third of the outs recorded via the strikeout. Uh, Callianne Scoresby, what a performance for Thunder Ridge. Yeah, nice job. Uh, and I think we talked about this, is that Thunder Ridge Titans softball team is kind of um, – you know, maybe not talked about as much, but they're definitely going to be a very strong, strong team, I think, this year in District 6. Anyone who's sleeping on Thunder Ridge, best not. The, the <laughs> Titans, I like this symmetry. They beat Centennial 7 nothing, and they are also 7-0 and on the year. So Thunder Ridge yet to lose, um, and they've, they've had some impressive wins. Uh, they went down to Utah. They went to that early tournament in St. George and swept. They went 5-0. and against Utah opponents. Um, and then they swept Centennial uh, in both of those games last Friday. And that's that's been it on the schedule for Thunder Ridge so far. So not a lot of data in terms of Idaho schools. Rigby kind of quietly is 6-1 and one as well, Sean. They did the same thing. They went to that same St. George tournament. They went 5-0 and oh there. I'll be, I'll be honest. Almost all of the Idaho schools that went down to that St. George tournament at, at the very beginning of March um, they ran a rough shot through those Utah schools. So just the strength of Idaho overall in East Idaho looks pretty good. Yeah, just solid, solid performance. Softball in East Idaho is, is really good. And, you know, just uh, to go down there and play, you know, that's that's great. And, uh, yeah, it seems like everyone who went down there did pretty well. So speaks volumes of uh, what we can do up here in Idaho. Yeah, so Rigby went 5-0 and at that tournament, and then they split. They went to Hawaii last Thursday. And let's not forget why he was the runner up last year at, at five, a state softball um, and Skyview, the, the champion they're down at four a. So you're looking at, you know, the highest defending team that's back. It's a and they didn't lose a single player from last year's team. So for Rigby to go and get a split, I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, that's like you said, that's the same team coming back and, they're, you know, it'd probably be the preseason favorites, right? Coming back and Skyview being gone. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty big, too. I, I didn't know that one. So, yeah, congrats to Rigby. And, man, District 6, 5A softball is going to be uh, it's going to be a battle. Yes. And I, I say, you know, still keep an eye on Highland, too. Highland is two and two. Uh, that's all they've been able to play so far. Uh, they split with Twin Falls. They split on their road trip last Friday. They lost to Rocky Mountain. 
before rebounding to beat Centennial. Um, I still think Highland with Marissa Mogger in the circle has really good potential as well. The other pitcher that made our primetime pitchers list was Pocatello Jr., Mia Lusk. The uh, Thunder went to Burley last Tuesday, got an 8-3 to win. Lusk went the distance, all seven innings, only allowed three hits. And of the three runs that Burley scored in that game, only one was earned. So three hits, one earned run, and she had 13 strikeouts. Symmetry. Just like, yeah, just like <laughs> Scoresby did. <laughs> Lucky 13, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Impressive wins. Uh, and, and Burley is not, you know, Burley's down a little bit, but still for Pocatello, those were their first two games of the year, Sean. They went to, to Burley and got the sweep. Well, so. yeah, just, to, I mean, I don't, I don't care who you're playing. If you get 13 strikeouts, I mean, you're, you're, you're performing at a high level. I don't think it really matters. You're, you know, I mean, it does matter a little bit, like you're not playing little kids, but uh, your performance against, you know, another, another 4A school and get 13 strikeouts, you're, you're, you're locked in and ready to go. So Pocatello's played two games, two and oh, Preston has played one game. They're oh and one. They played Canyon Ridge. Uh, in their season opener almost three weeks ago now and lost in eight innings. It went to extra innings. They lost five to four, and they literally have not been able to play since. They're traveling to Burley tomorrow, and I think that game is on. I'm very excited to see how Preston does. Um, and Century is the team that's had the most games. They're four and three. They've had seven contests, and you're like, well, how the heck did they pull that off? Well, they went to Jerome for a doubleheader, and – were able to fit in two games somehow, some way, um, including a 10 inning thriller that they lost 16 to 15. What a wild game that was. Um, but then they went to the, the win the pitch spring break classic in the treasure Valley as well. So I guess the lesson here, Sean, is that if you want a guarantee of games, you better, you better pony up and schedule those Boise tournaments. Yeah. Or, or magic Valley too, right? Magic Valley. I know their phones haven't been stopping trying to get, uh, People tried to get in there to play too. And um, speaking of Century, they played Hillcrest last week, and uh, Elon Williams hit a home run in the fifth inning. So that that was pretty cool. And and they ended up beating Hillcrest. Um, and yeah, so nice performance by um, Williams. She's she's a she'll be on that heavy hitter list. I bet you at some point this year. Yeah, and Hillcrest is a good team. You know, Jersey Jarvis, and um, you know they've got. Uh, a lot of talented players. Brindley Prince is coming on. Um, only one senior, at least Cottrell. So it's a kind of a young Hillcrest team, but I think Hillcrest has some some potential. Yeah, and Allie Evans of Century, she pitched seven innings, um, allowing five hits, three runs, but she had 11 strikeouts. Yeah. So that was a nice performance there too. So um, I think, you know, the Century, Preston, and, and Thunder is actually – Softball is going to be a pretty a pretty heated three-team district uh, uh, this year in softball. Yeah, uh, you look at the standings, Blackfoot and Idaho Falls are both 4-1. and one. Bonneville is 3-2 and two overall. Uh, all three of those teams went down to that St. George tournament and played five games, and that has been it for them. So you're looking at, for Blackfoot, Idaho Falls, Bonneville, like three weeks since they've played in an actual game that's just bad <laughs> ice in the kicker i guess <laughs> man it's it's tough yeah it's you got to get in a rhythm you know you yeah. got to get a feel for your teammates all those things we could beat it over and over again um but 
man yeah it, that's just it's tough there's just still a lot of snow in idaho falls yeah on the ground it hasn't warmed up very much in that area yep um back to the weather thing here i will say uh that highland rams baseball post about moving the season back uh getting some traction sugar salem baseball bonneville bees baseball Coeur d'Alene Vikings baseball, all in agreement. So I don't know. Maybe we can call everybody together here and get get enough votes to get this thing changed. <laughs> it so, would be nice. Yeah. Bonneville Bees Baseball on Twitter said, we need to even the playing field. I remember being shut down a couple years ago to make it fair, in quotes. So <laughs> anyways. Uh, Hashtag. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on in baseball and softball. Um, I did want to stop down real quick as well and take a look at the track and field leaderboard. Uh, every school has at least been able to get a competition in now, which is good. And we have some East Idaho athletes that are leading the entire state um, in their specific events. Let's start on the boys' side where Pocatello's Brody Birch, still your leader in the 800 with a time of 1 minute 56.21 seconds. So way to go, Brody Birch of Pocatello High in the 800. Yeah, I, like I said, the 800, 1600, those kind of live in East Idaho. Those those medals kind of reside here. If it's not <laughs> if it's not someone from five, it's someone in six. There's just the distant running at track is phenomenal in East Idaho. Yep, uh, Sugar Salem has the best time so far in the uh, the long relay. It's that 200, 200, 400, 800. It's a uh what's the math on that that's a 1600 meter relay right yeah um so sugar's got the best time there and then your top high jump uh belongs to ty brown from teton he's if he didn't doesn't win high jump at state 3a i'm gonna be very surprised but he's cleared six foot four which is pretty impressive early on yeah it, it would i wouldn't imagine too many um people biting at him at his at his feet right you know he's he's getting up there high already early in the season yep uh on the girls side uh your statewide leaders claire peterson of skyline leads in three different events the 200 the 100 meter hurdles and the 300 meter hurdles so both hurdles races plus the 200 uh she's not far off in the 100 Claire Peterson of Skyline skyrocketing so far. Yeah, just picking up from last year, right? I mean, she was un- unbelievable last year and just on on the road again per se this year. Yep, other East Idaho leaders, um you have Soda Springs with the best 4 by 800 meter relay time in the state. I think only is it only 3A, 2A, 1A that run that? It's Yeah, something remember, like that. Like, Something like that, but Soda's got the best time there. Ruby Jordan of Highline, uh, Highline Highland still has the best uh, shot put throw, 41 feet, 10 inches. And Lydia Townsend of Marsh Valley is kind of in this conglomerate of high jumpers. She's cleared five foot two. Uh, she's only a freshman for Marsh Valley. And so Lydia Townsend is among the state leaders in the high jump at five foot two. And Abby Scott of Rigby still has the best pole vault time, at, or pole vault mark at 12 <laughs> feet even. So. Yeah, I would, I, man, I'd expect um, Abby Scott to, you know, maybe win that at the 5A level. And yeah, Ruby Jordan, I she's she's really good at throwing that thing, man. And uh, they the Highland made a little, you know, funny video about practicing in the snow on on Instagram or something. But then, you know, you had Ruby 
Jordan practice. Uh, uh, she tweeted or she posted her practicing and it looks like she's in a baseball facility or something with nets and she's just throwing and throwing. Uh, you can't stop her from practicing. The weather has no, no stop. Um, she's going to have a phenomenal season. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really the fact that she's able to overcome that and still get her reps in indoors is, and still have the best shot, put throw is, is pretty impressive. Um, all you track and field fans, a new segment, a new feature coming to idahosports.com every Thursday. Uh, we're going to be doing a specific track and field post. Um, basically, I, d- I did sort of some bracketology, you know, during football and basketball season. It was really popular, like, hey, projecting out what state might look like. And I wanted to do the same thing for track and field. And so every Thursday, it's going to be called Tracking the Field. Uh, that's the title I came. Oh, up. I watched your, the Northern Idaho and I, I heard some of the other names that came up. So, yeah, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to do trackatology. Um, but, uh, my boss, Paul Kingsbury reminded me that there's field events too. So, <laughs> so tracking the field is what we're calling it. And basically I'm going to go through the leaderboards every Thursday morning. I'm going to get up, get my, you know, economy sized cup of coffee and, pour through all of the statewide leaderboards and track tally up the points and go, all right, based on the times and and distances we've seen so far, if state was today, here's how the team races would go. And we'll, we'll list it all out every single team and how many points they would score. And then I'll also put the individual leader in every single event, five, a all the way down to one, a boys and girls tracking the field. I think that'll be kind of a fun exercise. Yeah, I, I like it because it kind of gives you an idea because sometimes you get to the end of the season and really track has so many individual performances that it's one of those sports that the team aspect kind of gets lost um, in those individual performances. So that'll be uh, a nice thing to have so you can kind of follow the team um, score, you know, like what, what's this mean? You know, this person can run this race, but what's that mean? And you know, in track, if you can get a couple people, you know, that take the gold, you're, you can be in the mix pretty quickly. Yeah. So that'll be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be every Thursday tracking the field on idahosports.com. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the East Idaho prep cast. Uh, Sean, good luck on Thursday. Hopefully you're able to get that tennis match in. Yeah, that's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> if you can believe it <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah that's true very true uh yeah i i'm i'm hoping we can go and you know i can we can figure some stuff out and you know for coaching i think a big part of coaching is being able to see you know you know in action and and be able to go back and correct those things or build on those things and that's really what the weather's taken away from me is i I would say my probably top skill besides all my great jokes is I'm really good at watching, analyzing, and then coming back with a game plan uh, on what to do. And we've just not been able to do that. Of course, I know my players, I know what they're capable of, but until you start playing those matches and you can see those things, um, we're just missing that piece right now. So any match I can get to watch, uh, watch the players play and come up with some um, game planning is really what I'm hoping to dive into. Hopefully not dive into snow, but dive into watching. Yeah, don't, uh, yeah, you dive in, you might not get out. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, thanks for tuning into the East Idaho PrepCast, everybody. For Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on idahosports.com.